Welcome to Unleashing Your Great Work, a podcast about doing the work that matters the most to you. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Crowell, a cognitive psychologist, coach, and the creator of the Great Work Journals. Every week on this podcast, we are asking the big questions. What is great work and why does it matter so much to us? What does it take to do more of your great work without sacrificing everything else? And how does the world change when more people are doing more of the work that matters the most to them? So whether your great work is building your own small business or managing a remote team at a multinational company, you'll find insight and answers here. Welcome everybody to Unleashing Your Great Work. I am your guest host today, Dr. Megan Bathgate. I am Amanda's best friend, most importantly, and also a cognitive psychologist who supports educators bringing learning research into the classroom. And I am very excited today to have Amanda Kroll as our guest. She is a speaker, coach, and the author of Great Work coming out today, everyone, everywhere you get books. Welcome to the podcast, Amanda. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for being my guest host today. So excited. Um, We're going to start where we usually do. So tell us a little bit about your great work, Amanda. I will. And I have to say, it's a very hard question. It's funny because everybody says that either before they get on the podcast, they like say to me like it's a secret or they say it as a preface to their answer. And I'm always like, yeah, it's hard. But then... (laughs) (laughs) It's actually like, what's my great work? What kind of question is that? (laughs) I realized what a jerk I've been this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) A loving, a loving jerk. A loving jerk. Right. That, that I could get t-shirts. We should get t-shirts made. Loving jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think upon reflection that my great work is, is sort of twofold. One, it's like, I love doing things that I've never done before. I have sort of an unlimited passion for that. So I'm always doing something I've never done before, like starting a business after a lifetime of never wanting to start a business and like exercising after a lifetime of never exercising or um, this one, writing a book after, you know, a lifetime of never writing books. And I think because I'm a cognitive psychologist, as you are, um, I really pay attention to what it takes to do those things. And what I've discovered is that like, it's just a fascinating experience to blow your own mind. And I think I love doing that. And so I think that's part of my great work is just doing that my own self for my own self. And then I discovered in, while I was writing a book that started out as, you know, (laughs) as the aligned time method, just a, just a regular old, fairly simple time management book and became something kind of bigger in scope and more meaningful to me, at least about what are we doing here? What are we really doing here? Like we're here and what are we doing? And it occurred to me that, that there's something we all kind of want to be doing. We want to be doing more of it. We want to be doing, whether that's a whole new thing or just in the old thing, we want it to feel different. And I would started to call that sort of phenomenon, that thing we want to be doing, that voice from the inside, great work. And I realized that the book I was writing was, first of all, not simple and really not about time management, but about purpose and meaning and that kind of thing. And so I wrote the book and it's coming out today. 
okay. It's, it's so just exciting. inexplicable. Yeah. It's, it reminds me of some of what you've talked about in the podcast about great work being um, not necessarily one thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's an intersection of lots of different things and it can flow over time and change. And I, I love that beauty in it. And it, it mm. brings a bit of peace into the struggle. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one of the things that I learned doing the podcast. Like you don't necessarily get that message about great work has movement. That's how I talk about that. Like what you were doing before is great work. What you're going to do in the future is great work. And they may not be the same thing and that's okay. Um, that was an insight that came out of just talking to people on the podcast about their great work and realizing that nobody's great work is a single thing and how great that is. You can be doing like two kinds of great work at the same time. Every parent in the world is right. Mm-hmm. Cause raising a family is great work period. Full stop. I don't care how bad you think you are at it, <laughs> which I regularly think I'm pretty bad at it. Uh, and it's, whatever else you're doing is also great work. But, and those things, I mean, think about parenting is a great example of great work that changes over time. It's like all managing sleep deprivation for like two years. And now my daughter is almost a teenager. And it's like, it's not about that anymore. It's about how can I maintain my adult status while being screamed at? Because I asked her not even to do anything, just, just to like, look at me when I asked her a question. I don't know. (laughs) Right. And, and it was great then. And it's great now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you include this all in your book that comes out today. And today, today, today. what did it take to get here? What did it take to write, mm, this to write this book? Yeah. So, I mean, there's all the answers that are inside of me right, that are like, I had to manage serious imposter syndrome. And like, I feel like the book was one long ride on it's not the productivity roller coaster of doom because that's something very specific. That's the relationship between burnout and procrastination. But just like, this is going to be the best and most important and like such a good book. And this is going to be the worst book ever in history. And that has gone through like all three stages of writing a book because I do think that writing a book sort of comes in three stages. You write the book. And that's what I think before all I really thought about. Can I sit down at a table and like write a book? And then you've written the book and it has to be like produced. It's like a whole production. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you, I mean, there are people who on Amazon, sometimes you'll download them and be like, oh, what have I done? And it's like 17 pages of a word document. And there was no production to it. There's no pagination. There's no formatting that clearly it wasn't copy edited, mm-hmm. but I was never going to, I was never going to do that. So then there's this whole production side. And then, um, then you have to launch the book. You have to tell people that it exists, which is actually really hard too. So I don't know, should we talk about each of those separately? Yeah. Yeah. So the writing it, it, so the writing section specifically Mm -hmm. helped you sit down and write it through those stages of, of self-doubt. Right. (laughs) Oh, the stages of self-doubt. Um, writing the book was an exercise in persistence because I had a lot of ideas for me. I think there, maybe there are people who like, are like, I don't know what to write, but I don't think they would ever sit down to like write a book. You know, like they should start by writing a podcast or not a podcast, like a blog or something. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but I had lots and lots and lots of ideas because for my whole life, I wanted to write a book. So I had like all these backlogged ideas that would be great books. And so, (laughs) I mean, this particular book actually started writing. One of the stories that goes along with my business is that my business started because I was writing a book 
kind of this book actually. And I was like, I need to talk to people about these ideas. And I started doing workshops and then those people asked me to coach them. And then like, whatever the story goes on. Yeah. And I remember then, and then like two other times sitting down and just collecting all the things I've written, all the things I've thought about, all the ideas, all the outlines and pulling all of those pieces into a, like a program that helps you organize it. And looking at, without writing a word, looking at a total word count of like 67,000 words or something. Yeah. So (laughs) yeah. Or maybe I just say the same thing. Oh, that's that. I do feel like that's also true. (laughs) That could be a good thing though, right? Yeah. There's, there's a center to it. There is a center. Yeah. The center it holds the center. It's the center holds for sure. I remember writing an article with you. We published a, an article together. And in the writing process, I remember sitting at, at a desk with you, typing, <laughs> writing all our thoughts down. And when I wrote, I tended to write something and like, oh, I really like that phrasing. Like maybe that's going to be useful later. So I'll like tuck it down. And then I have like all this sporadic like notes <laughs> everywhere. And the way that you wrote, you would write the thing and say like, wait, that's not what I mean. And then you would delete it. And I remember the first time that you deleted like two sentences, I was like, oh no, what is she, what, what those thoughts, like, what is she doing? And I realized that that practice of saying, no, that's not what I meant. Let me, let me rework my, my thoughts again to really get at what I mean. Mm. Read me like that. That was a freeing thing that I learned to say, oh, I don't need to try and, and fit all these disparate pieces together. Like, let me say what I mean. And uh, it, it helped my writing to see you do that because when you deleted it and then put those words back, mm. it comes back, right? Like the thing that you're trying to say is still going to be said. And it's not about the tiny little perfect phrasing or, you know, all of those tiny little pieces that you somehow smashed together. It's about that central message. And that's one of the things that I learned from writing with you is to give our, give ourselves a freedom to like really say what we mean and not try and force uh the little, the little things that are on the edges to kind of mm. be the center. The center should be what, what uh, you intend it to be. Right. Cause the center is the thing you said something about, like you have a lot to say and it's like, or do I have just that one thing to say a yeah. million times that I feel like if it keeps coming back, it needs to be said. Yes. And there's so much excitement. Part of what I loved about writing a book was were all the things that didn't make it into the book. All the little thoughts that I like amused uh, myself with or like pondered for a whole day or like made it into a podcast or came out in a conversation with you. Those things were like that, I feel like is the writer's life. That's part of the like, you know, Toontown part of it. It's like, I get to be here and awash in ideas. And yeah. some of them will make it into the book and some of them won't and that's okay. Yeah, it's the process and the process carries with you. And, and mm. that's something that you still have, even if it's not the outcome of in the book, <laughs> it's, it's still right. part of your process and, and taking it with you. And if that's important, it'll come up again. And yeah, and beautiful. So when I sat down to write this, it was sort of like, I had all these ideas and then thank the Lord. Like I went to this workshop with AJ Harper, who's been on the podcast and she gives you this like way of organizing all of these ideas. That was, that was like the missing ticket to it because I just, it was too much. I was like, it was like, you could walk in any direction and have a book, but I needed to walk in one direction to get one book. 
Mm-hmm. So she, her, her process where you like pick a core promise and like a, a message and a promise and a whatever. And then you get this outline and it's like, it's like the great filter. <laughs> it's like, if you fit this promise, you're allowed in the book. If not, you have to go wait over there until the next book is being having auditions or whatever. <laughs> yep. yep. Um, and then it was just a matter of sitting down and writing it and living through the excruciating experience of writing crap. Mm. (laughs) And then once you've written all the crap and you get that really terrible first draft, that's a real victory, but it's like, so not the end. You're like, Oh, look, I've got 70,000 words. This is great. I'm done. No. Then it's like, okay, how do we take that draft and like add stories to it? So people can, Cause you know, I can be kind of wordy and kind of theoretical and you have to go in there and break that stuff down and add stories and like talk to people and remember the details of their stories. So a lot of the stories that are in there, people have known, you know, really long for a really long time. And we're talking about the beginning of their story and they're so much further now. Yeah. Um, so talking to them and remembering, and then, um, you know, some pe- people are different. Like now it's like in the land of the reader. Cause you're like, okay, I've got all these readers and some people love stories and some people want to be convinced. And some people you have to talk about the things that they're going to be mad at you about like the angry reader, which I usually am actually, I am all, <laughs> I am like always arguing with the author. And if they don't, if they don't feel like they know to me, if I don't feel like they know what's up, I can't even with this right now, mm-hmm. you know? So like in my introduction, there's a story of a guy who, and this is a true story, um, who was like, this is bullshit. You're wrong. You can't, you cannot, this doesn't work. You can't do great things in the world. In the world in which we live, you cannot do great things and actually take care of yourself. It's not possible. And, you know, like, it's funny because my closest, like AJ Harper, the person who um, edited the last, the the last version of the book and David, my husband, both Uh were like, I really, uh, I really resonated with Jonathan because honestly, I didn't believe you at all until you told me that like there was someone who didn't believe you at all. And then they had that experience. Yeah. Yeah. So then you go, you just have to like think about all the different readers and all the things that they need and like go and add all of that and it's still not good. Mm -hmm. And then you start getting into these editing passes with people where they're like reading it and they're like, I don't understand what this means. You have to fix it. So I think the editing it eases a little in the editing as long as you have good editors who believe in you. Cause I have had the experience of having editors who just think that what I'm doing is total bollocks and needs to be fixed immediately. And if they could just fix me and remove me from the situation, that would be better. Well, that's great. <laughs> and that was super helpful. Not at all traumatizing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. The, then you like they, but people who believe in you and love your ideas, you can take their advice because they're just mm-hmm. trying to make it better. And so mm-hmm. it's like round after round after round of that. And then at the last minute, the person who I would walk through fire, so she will format my book, her husband was being deployed in January. And so the book had to be done and ready to be formatted, which is you cannot send like a, a book that's even sort of going to be copy edited to the formatter. And then in December, like December 16th, we discovered that the book is not the aligned time method, but is instead the great is instead great work and everything had to change. And then like magic, her husband's deployment got pushed to like March or something. Wow. So yes. So I sent it to her on January 4th and it had gone through this massive last minute Christmas time miracle revision and gone through uh, copy editing with this wonderful copy editor, Anna Paradox. And then I was able to send it to Troy, CB Messer. I'm going to put all these links in the show notes because these people (laughs) were everything. 
so that she could begin the production process. So all through that, you had to keep moving. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, I could stop moving, but right. then nothing happened. Right. Yeah. You know, like that's the choice we can make. Like people are making it all over town, right? Like you get scared, you get confused, you get, you know, someone has an opinion and you value their opinion, but you're like, so you're not sure what to make of it. And then you sort of stop and like, you can do that. We all have that choice, but then your book doesn't get written or you, you know, you don't, whatever it is you're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of, um, yield signs and stop yeah. signs and, and guidance that you either have to take or say, no, I, I know, I know the path that I'm on and I'm going to carve through this wood over here. So that yeah. going. <laughs> I like to yeah. think of it as Toontown. Do you remember that from Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yes. <laughs> yes, I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like driving through Toontown and it's a freaking chaos, right? Signs, people jumping, bands playing, and you, you have two options. You can like get distracted or get stopped or like buy into the like individual messages or you can stop and say like, wow, look at Toontown. This is awesome. <laughs> I, I, I like I'm being so here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you said that because I, I love, I love Toontown. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's a, place to be. it's a good place to be. Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, you've got to check out the Great Work Community. The Great Work Community is where change-making entrepreneurs make drama-free progress together. Come on over for a co-working, accountability, coaching, and just-in-time courses. Check out the Great Work Community. The link is in the show notes. So that's writing. That's one. That's one phase of this yeah. process. Uh, once you recovered from yeah. all that, or maybe just nope. kept going through all that, no recovery. <laughs> up. Keep nope. Um, what? was the production like uh, yeah. step in that? Who did you have to ask for help? How did you approach that? Yeah. So the production side of things is different for me because I a hundred percent self-published. If you work with a publisher of any kind, whether it's like a hybrid publisher or like, I guess, a traditional publisher, you would hand it off and then you would wait. And that's, and that's what you would do. Mm-hmm. Now you wouldn't have the kind of control that I like to have over all things. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah um but you also don't have to do it all yourself so it was really all about the people that I had around me to ask for help so Choi Messer CB Messer I think is her like you know social handles and all that she made the cover of the book and we actually had the coolest cover of the book when it was aligned time method had this big girl on it in front of this window and it was like I loved it so much like I'm still trying to find a way to use it because it was just so lovely, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the right cover for great work. And so she had to redo the covers and what she actually landed on with this, like I call it the great work swoop. It has, it's like all these colors and they like burst on the scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it so much. She's just got such a good aesthetic. Yeah. Um, so she made the new cover and then she uh, made all of the image inside the book. It actually has quite a lot of images. Cause I'm like pretty visual it turns out um I like for things to be kind of visual because I think it helps because not everybody's really only verbal you know actually no one is um so she made all the images inside the book and then she formatted the actual book like laid the words on the page which you think would be like surely some program does it but like yes a program helps but then she has to like go in and look at each page and like there's something called the river, which goes like down through the page. Like you want the 
the like spaces in the page to look right. And it was fascinating. Um, So she did all that formatting. And it also is sort of a quirky book. Like it's got a place at the end called the um, vocabulary, which is like all the like new terms, most of which I made up. Well, some Uh of which I made up. So it had like kind of a, it needed to have sort of a joyful, playful kind of feel to it. And she really did a great job of that. Um, so she did a lot of the heavy lifting there and, you know, but before she even got it, I would say like copy editing is also sort of part of production. Cause like, I am like famous for typos. So she had to find all the typos and then we sent it to production and she formatted it. And then she got it back to me for what, for my final look through. And then I sent it off for trade review. Wow. Yes. So sending, that was the other, like there were two big critical moments in order for things to fall into place. And one was getting it to Choi before her husband deployed. And the other one was getting it off for trade review so that the book could come out sometime in the spring. So it's like 12 to 16 weeks of time. Wow. Yeah. And did so I you, send off. Hmm? Oh, sorry. Did you, so in, did you know these steps beforehand? No, something I knew nothing. <laughs> well, the good thing is that the great work journals, Choi and I did those together a year before the, I started working on this book. Mm-hmm. And I did it as kind of a, just kind of a dry run. Let me just see what this space is all about. Thank goodness. Because like the world of like Ingram Spark and Kindle Direct Publishing, like self-publishing and so it's just a, it's just a monstrosity, but it's a beast. But, you know, I like that. That's, you know, something that, you know, people are like, wow, you are always doing something. It's like, yeah, well, I, but I like it. Like yeah. I like to find new spaces and figure them out. Yeah. Um, and then share with everyone else what I found. Um, so I sent out for trade review and this was just like the worst story. So I, you pay for trade review when you're self-published, you Uh can, you submit to publishers weekly and then like one out of every thousand or something they will like do for free, or you can pay them some money and they will trade review it. And it goes in their magazine, it goes on their website and whatever. So I sent it to publishers weekly and I sent it to blue ink because they have some kind of combo review. Um, so (laughs) uh, uh, publishers weekly was totally fine. Like they were they, you just upload your file and you move on with your life. But okay. it turns out that um, Blue Ink and the one that's like combined with them, you upload your cover. But I didn't, you know, clearly I was moving fast. In fact, I remember doing it at the Apple store. I was like at the Apple store on a Saturday <laughs> waiting so for my phone because it had cracked the case. I was there without the kids. I had a minute. I'm like, let me just send this off for trade review. And <laughs> no, then <laughs> another Saturday. It's fine. That's another so many little tasks. Um, and so I uploaded the cover, but I must've thought I uploaded the whole thing. And then they send you this email, like this like wall of text email and embedded in there is this, like, don't forget to send us as an attachment to this email, your actual manuscript. So, but I didn't do that. So a month later, I got an email from the managing editor. We've been waiting for your book. Um, could you send it to us? And so I had, I sent it back to her and it was four weeks delayed. Wow. Yeah. So the book did not come out on May something, whatever date it was I had in my head, but instead it's coming out on June 7th, but turns out to be the perfect day. <laughs> turns out. Turns out. out. Uh, and then, you know, you send it off to those kinds of things and you wait and then you like upload it to Amazon and you upload it to Ingram Spark and then you wait. And then it's a lot of hurry up and wait and really, really small details um, so that it all arrives 
on June 7th for people to pre well prior to June 7th for people to pre-order and then to arrive on people's doorsteps like Harry Potter remember (laughs) Harry Potter was the first book that we all had delivered to our doorstep the day it came out from Barnes and Noble it was necessary yeah right so today this very day people are going to we'll just ignore that sound today this very day people are going to open their doors and great work will just be sitting there hello Ready. ready to help <laughs> <laughs> ready to go I love that it sounds like a lot of it was understanding your own uh what you enjoyed in this in your expertise and knowing what other expertise is needed and then yeah. knowing how to reach out to those people so that mm-hmm. you could keep doing what you wanted to do and then lean on the people who have that other input for sure kind of tidy up the things right and project management which I really as uh which I realize now is really what you get from hybrid publisher Mm. I think you what you get is so a hybrid publisher for anybody who doesn't know is like you're basically self-publishing it but they manage the production process and you get developmental editing sometimes thrown in okay it's like a good self-publisher if you get really good developmental editing there's a lot of not great hybrid publishers but you want one with develop, developmental editing. But this stuff at the end, cover design, page formatting, copywriting, uploading to Amazon, getting the right like A plus content. There's just a lot. And I don't know that I've done a great job here at the end. Like I know there are like a lot of things that I could have done to optimize it, but I didn't really know how. And there does reach a point when self-publishing where you have to say, I've spent thousands of dollars on this. I need to stop spending money and allow it to be done. And that's the sort of point I'm at now. Yeah. Which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's, this, this is the launch part, right? Like this, yeah, is, this is a big deal. So, yeah. so uh, how does it feel? First of all, how does it feel? It feels really exciting, actually. Like there's this lull after it goes off for trade review and you're just kind of chipping away at all these little tiny details. First of all, that you don't even know until someone says, Hey, did you upload a plus content? And you're like, uh, what does that mean? Google machine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so there's a little bit of a lull where it starts to just feel like a grind, you know, like you're done with the creation, you're done looking at pretty pictures of the book itself, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think in that time I got a little, like, I don't know, just kind of like, oh, it's, it's fine. It's just a, just a thing I did. But then I was (laughs) right. No big deal. No, no big deal. But then I was writing all the social media for like, for the launch. And I was like, totally convincing myself again like oh my god this book is so good like you know I don't know you know it's hard because it's my book like I don't know if it's good but I know that it means well like it's really trying like I really tried to put something out there that was like that what I know for sure you know and wrapped in a package that people can appreciate or at least understand or whatever. And I do believe I did that. So I'm proud of it. I'm excited for it. And I'm really excited. I I made this like one social media image, which had like the book wearing, well, I thought he was wearing like a safari hat, but David tells me it's a sun hat, which maybe we're only having adventures in the garden, but it was meant to be like a safari hat because it was like this book gets to now have its journey Mm -hmm. there is no I don't get to control the after now the reader gets to read it and think about it and use whatever ideas and it's not about me anymore it's about like Mm -hmm. their relationship kind of which is I don't know fanciful but I like it that's beautiful I mean it actually if even if the work is in the garden right it's like sending seeds and sprouts in oh, the yeah. world right and, and hoping that the flourishing comes back and and it's it's kind of this 
you talked about wanting control over every step, right? This is the part <laughs> where you can't. I know. You've done it and then you're passing it off and waiting and hoping. Yeah. And well, and you know, it's funny because it's like, I hope, you know, so in as a business coach, one of the things I talk to my clients about a lot is the boomerang. Like when you send marketing out into the world, you need to have a mechanism for it to come back to you. Yeah. I actually don't have a boomerang in this mm-hmm. book. What I want really is for the book to go out and for it to come back into the world as just people more satisfied, more excited, more in tune with what they want. Because I really do think if we are clearer about who we are, we can be more open to who other people actually are. Yeah. If we're more satisfied, we can be more forgiving. Like it just, you know, like I really do think that what we are, if we just feel more excited about our lives, we're not going to yeah. be so angry all the time. Yeah. So it's my, my little my small effort to try to bring some of that to the world. That is beautiful. And I would say that it's not a small effort. <laughs> I would say that it's a, it it's a large lift with um, beautiful uh, rippling effects. Is mm. what I would say. But, mm. um, so in all of these steps and all of this process, mm. what would you describe as the hardest part? Has it happened yet? Or is it <laughs> I do not know because I lost my crystal ball. Um, but I would say so far, what's the hardest part? Hmm. I think, you know, the hardest part is the part where I might have given up and didn't. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of times where, I mean, I I was never going to give up first of all, like that is, wasn't really on the table, but there's something you know, it's like an urge, right? Like how many urges, I really feel like big project, great work are really about how many urges can you overcome? Mm. The urge to give up, the urge to slow down, the urge to like, I don't know, hope somebody else does it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was, that was just, it was just hard. I mean, it was just a real, I think there was a little bit in writing the book, which we talked about. It was like, you know, who like this book is going to be so terrible. Like, why am I wasting my time? Um, and then there's like the, the flip side of that is also hard. Like, oh my gosh, I have so much hope pinned on this book. Like, what if it disappoints me? You know, like being willing to withstand disappointment is also yeah. just kind of everything. Yep. Um, and I have to say, like, just from a very practical point of view, all these details here at the end. Because these are not systems designed by user experience researchers. Yeah. It's yeah. like, but you forgot to check the box on the 47th page. <laughs> oh, there you, <laughs> you You mean the box that's got like gray text on a white background? Yeah. That'd be yes. the one. Yes. That's the box I mean. <laughs> you know, and it's like Amazon. So it's like, you can call them on the phone. Hey, Amazon, right. can you like walk me through it? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, it's it's been hard, but... Like I said, I've always tried to sort of like think of it as the Toontown, right? Like there's there's all these things that could get in the way or you can just kind of look around, like pull back from the detail and be like, look where I am. Yeah, yeah. Kind of let the thought be. Yeah. Like, okay, there's mm-hmm. there's that urge, there's that thought, yeah. but mm-hmm. I can now make a choice that. Yeah. Know. Oh, and, you know, call the people, invent about it to the right people. Like I'm always calling you. <laughs> I love those conversations. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and it's not like you know what to do. You're not like, well, maybe you should give up or like, it's okay if you don't <laughs> do it. You're like, yeah, that sucks. Yep. 
And we're all in agreement that I will not go back and do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Go do that sucky thing. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's right. go. Cause yep. then it won't suck anymore and it'll be done. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's a end and a, uh, growth that happens that wouldn't happen otherwise. It's almost like you have to see the potential in it and feel that deeply enough yeah. to on that urge and, and know. It has to be your great work mm-hmm. because when you're every big project is like this and there I've worked on projects. Me personally, I have worked on projects that matter, that are important. I like the people I'm working on them, but for whatever reason, it's not really what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. And then when those moments of disappointment, those moments of like, oh, 47th page checkbox, like you have to be kidding me, right? Right. Like NSA, for example, like grant work or like that kind of like, you know, like whatever, I don't want to necessarily say anything bad about anything else, but like, it doesn't, it doesn't have the, the back end of being what I really am excited to have done. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes it so much harder. It's, it it's reminding me of like a, a, a resonating tone, right? Like mm. when something resonates with you and it kind of carries you forward. Where yeah. if, it's, if it just doesn't have that, not even that it's like a discordant thing, but just if it yeah. doesn't have that, mm-hmm. it doesn't kind of have that, that uh, mm-hmm. flow to it and that movement that you talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you're like, I could not do this. And all that feels like is relief. Yes. Instead of like grief. Yeah, relief, but like, it's almost like the scales of justice are grief versus relief. Mm-hmm. Like when there's just a little more grief, I don't want to give this up. I really do want to do it. I think in the end, it's going to be important. It's going to open doors. It's like a motivation theory, right? It's like, can you make a connection between what you're doing and your long-term hopes and dreams when you can, you're like, fine, I will go back. I will take a break. I will watch some Brooklyn nine, nine. Yep. And then I will return to the 47 page form and which by the way of course they're making you start from scratch yeah Yeah. (laughs) and re-upload everything and it's okay because I really do want to do it that's a different feeling for sure yeah yes yep I've I've raged against uh screens (laughs) (laughs) all kinds of requirements and uh it feels different when you hear about it and it it feels um hopeful in a way that it (laughs) certainly doesn't when you're just trying to to check the boxes yeah so where where's the joy for you in this what what were the moments of joy or or where do Mm. you see the joy come through yeah you know it's funny because like honestly I loved well so I the writing of the book I was so overjoyed that I could do a longer form project because I'd gotten in my own head about how like maybe I'm just like a short form writer, um, you know, whatever. And so I was, it was not a like joyous experience necessarily every minute of the writing. Although sometimes I did like amuse myself with the stories and like, uh, or re- get very fascinated by the research. Like it was an enjoyable experience, but the joy was really in the moment when I was like, oh my, I think I did it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I did the thing that I was so terrified I could not do. Mm-hmm. that has opened a lot of doors in my own mind like there's been a lot of relief in that and that's very joyful and then I would say like a whole lot of the joy for me has been in the collaboration like mm-hmm. watching these experts do these amazing things that I don't know how to do and they do and then they brought their expertise and their like genius to my book it's like such an honor 
I mean, yes, of course I paid them, but like, you know, don't tell them this, but I'm like, I should have paid you so much more. Cause like <laughs> everything has been so well done yeah. from the editing to the page formatting. And the person who helped me set it up at Amazon was even like, that's a skill. And it's just like, yeah. so lovely. <clears throat> and, you know, next I get to kind of go out and speak about great work. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited about that. I'm doing a keynote at a university um, for their orientation weekend, which I think is really awesome. And like some companies have approached me to talk about it as like a, you know, as far as like the great resignation, like how do we re-engage? Cause you don't have to leave your current job to do more great work. And so what do we see in them? That'll just be fun too, to talk to people about it. Yeah. You kind of see, see people react to the book and mm-hmm. It's, it's exciting because it's almost like, okay, wait, what, what is next for this? And not yeah. to put pressure on you, not like when's the next book coming out, but more of a celebration of what is this next phase? Like the boomerang, what is a boomerang that you might not see directly, but that you mm. kind of throw out in the world? And how does that change the conversations that you have with people over time and mm-hmm. the collaborations? It's, it's such an exciting time. It is an exciting time. And like I said, like doing this project, this project was like um, kind of a healing project for me because I did have that book deal yeah. that kind of went sideways. That's That was that editor who thought, if we, I want your book, but I don't want you. And that was like so hurtful to me, yeah. Yeah. you know, and it, you know, I know that that's my interpretation and I'm sure she was in her own space about it, whatever. It's not really about her, but it's about me and my feelings and how I felt at the end of that, which was like, oh my God, is it actually the case that I can't do the thing I always thought would be a big part of who I am and what I'll do. And so writing the book from kind of from the beginning to end has been a very regrounding experience. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I do want to do this. I do have something to say. Like I am a reasonably good writer with help. And, you know, like I, I am noticing something that's worth talking about. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's opened up all kinds of doors in my mind and the, the shocking twist in our story here (laughs) is that like, I've never thought of myself as a fiction writer ever at all. Like not for a hot second. Like I always, always say like, I'm terrible at telling stories. So I'm like still talking. It's 25 minutes later. And we're like (laughs) 17 stories. Those are my favorite (laughs) favorite conversations. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I now feel like, but I could figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's exciting. So um, the next thing I'm working on actually is a, is like a work of fiction. It's a graphic novel. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. Which I'm not going to draw because that's, that's at least 10 years away before I'm drawing my own graphic novel. Well, that's, that's the expertise thing, right? Like yeah. knowing what your strengths are and what you want that's to right. develop and what, what you're ready to develop right now versus, you know. Well, right. And how terrible to miss out on the opportunity to work with somebody who's like a great artist. Yeah. Mm. Cause that'll be awesome. Yep. I was excited about page formatting. Imagine how I'm going to feel about like <laughs> color and character and. <laughs> that's oh, that's so great. Yeah. <laughs> a new journey. A new journey. Yep. Yeah. So how can people get the book? Yeah. How could they learn more about you? Yes. So the book is in all the places. It's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart, you know, uh, Ingram Spark sends it everywhere. And, and I put it also on Amazon and it's, it's, it's ready. I think you could, it's probably set where you could have it in two days. You know, that's exciting. 
So it's previously like, in my journey here, it's been like, well, in a month or two, you can get a copy. And now it's like, no, no, you can get it day after tomorrow. It can come in the little Amazon package, like the little folded cardboard. That's wild. That's I know. Wild. It is wild. So it's in all the places. And then on my website are amandacurl.com. Uh, and honestly, you can hear all about great work on this podcast. Hooray. <laughs> it, it is great. Oh, thank <laughs> so, you. Yeah. Um, I this episode, am. especially the guest host of this week's episode was amazing. Thanks. I try. I try. I was so excited to be here. I was looking forward to it all week um, and excited just to talk to you in, in this way to, to hear about your reflections on this process. Cause it, I've, I've watched it. Yeah. It's been so meaningful to just see, but I remember the, the early stages and to see it it has a cover, like a, a hard cover on it. Like that's, that's mind blowing to me. And I'm so, I'm so uh, grateful. And I want to say uh, surprised, but I'm not surprised. Mm. I'm, I'm very much, um, of course you wrote a book. Delighted, <laughs> delighted, which is, which is surprised without the surprise. Yes. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to read it, to hear all of your thoughts. And I am so grateful to be the guest host this week. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing it. Yeah, thank you. And and stay tuned for more great work, uh, comments and podcasts. We're excited. Thank you for joining us today on Unleashing Your Great Work. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And make sure you check out the Great Work Journals to get the support you need to get started, stay at it, and unleash your great work out into the world. <laughs>